Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello. Welcome to this weekly episode of the Flats and Shanks podcast. Now, David, we did tee up... um, a legend in his household, not of the mm. game. Um, mm. Former England, Scotland, former what? Former Scotland what? captain, John yeah. Barkley. Um, yeah. But he's only going to let us down. Bottled it. If you're part of his family, you're used to it because yeah. he lets him down all the time. Flaky John, not because of his beard rough. Larry let down. Oh, Dad, you coming to my school play? Yeah. Whoop, I'm a real boy. Dad, will you come so, and watch you play sport in the morning? Yeah, of course Well, What's his Whoop. excuse this time, Tommy? Um, well, we were meant to catch up with him over the phone at Heathrow Airport, and it is actually a genuine excuse. Um, he His flight's been delayed. I don't know if you've had a look outside, but there's a lot of Phileas fog around this morning. It's Monday. Want the truth? It is a gorgeous, bright, clear, sunny day with blue skies in Bath. It's bloody lovely. I can't wait to walk the dog. Well, there's been a lot of accidents on the roads. I was listening to a travel update on the way because of fog. All right, Dave. So, oh, really? Yeah. I mean. Oh, grim. Lucky bath. You've probably, oh, yeah, you've probably paid for climate control because. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute. Money gets you out of a lot of issues. I'll tell you that. No, they don't, don't perpetuate that myth that I'm you buy it, you can... the minted guy. I'm a divorced dad of three, mate. There, there, there is almost no such thing as a minted divorced yeah. dad of three. You're not especially sorry. not when you got eight caps. If I'd won a World Cup and I was living off the back of that, maybe. But I'm living off the back of eight caps, one start, mate. So don't come with that seventy capper. Divorced dad of three. I've just got a picture in my mind now. Of what pathetic that looks like. loser. I'm a pathetic loser. Definitely. If if I haven't met you before, I've definitely got a vision of boat shoes. Yeah. Um, cords, boot boot cut cords. Yep. Um, probably a road boot, a hackett polo with a big St George's cross on it at the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's grim. And a flat cap. It's so grim. It's so grim. Chinning people at the races. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Nottingham races and whacking people. Throwing bottles. Trying to nick 10 quid off a bookie, yeah. Bottles off the balcony. Yeah, don't want to generalise. No. Um, yeah, so John has John has let us down. Unfortunately, his flight has been delayed. And we were going to chat through the Scottish squad and what he what he thought of it. Uh, we, we can't now. Hoggy's going to be fit. Don't worry about it. Mm. That's a shame, that. And that is one of the reasons, Tommy, that... We're friends with him. We friends with one of the reasons we don't get guests on. The main reason is we can't be asked, but the other reason is that we can't be asked because it 
they this is completely genuine but people pull out change their timings and if as soon as you include someone else then oh by the way i'm not this is then you you suddenly have to change your whole day around you know move your whole day around them and that doesn't work for us but then we can't be bothered but then i do have a suggestion for a guest on a podcast that we might do a one-off special and you should never do this in broadcasting i expect not that i'm an expert but you should never say to people i know something you don't know and then just put the phone down but I reckon once we stop recording this pod, Tommy, I will speak to you about it. Mm-hmm. And then I reckon we might even put a tweet out and tell our listeners who the special guest is going to be. But I'm not saying it now just to taunt people, not to taunt, um, to add to the, you know, create some suspense here for them to keep their eyes open and eyes and ears open. There might be a bonus pod coming or we might just include this guy on, on next week's pod. I'll tell you all about it when... Um, yeah, when we're thingy, mm. when we come off air, well, boy. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, I love Eddie Murphy, so can't wait to speak to him. <laughs> it's Barack Obama. Um, uh, oh, there's t- a new I tell you what, film. Tell you what, flats. All right. If we were paying JB, John Barkley, that is, guys, money, he'd be on. If we were paying, if we were paying him, like, he would. His, his rate, which is, which is probably around 150 pound plus fat, <laughs> he would be on. He wouldn't be letting us down. So you're right. You're right. You know, it, when you ask for favors from people, uh, you are let down. Yeah. It's, look. It, it's the way of the world, mate. It's the way of the world. Next time we'll pay him his 150 quid plus that, and he'll be on. He'll, he'll miss his flight for that, guaranteed. Equally, I had a thing recently. Um, and I was booked in to host, uh, I was in London on Wednesday night, Friday night, and then someone said, can you do this thing on Thursday night? And I said, I can actually, so that's great. And basically a week before, something came up, and we don't need to go into lots of details, but it was a family health-related thing. And I made a joke and said, well, you know, as long as it doesn't cost me any cash, I'm happy to come to hospital with you. And it was just a joke. Um, but anyway, the appointment was made for that day and it was like a tea time appointment and that's that so I had to ring and say I'm really sorry I never do this luckily it was a mate but I had to ring and say I can't do the event I have to be at home um for this and the first question was mate no one pulls out when they're getting paid yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was the first I was like yeah I know I know that Steve if you want someone to turn up give them money like it, it's yep. it is true but I I I said someone else is going to have to take that fee because I've got a um, stay at home and he was lovely about it but um, everything's fine Tom okay everything's fine um, what were you going to say before I forget I want to I want to really want to see a film called The Banshees um, of Anishirin I think oh, it's called yes. Colin Farrell because it's just yeah but more, Colin Farrell's one was it a BAFTA or a Golden Bafta? I never know what he's but it's got Brendan Gleeson in it I love mm. I love Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson done loads together Brendan Gleeson I've got about three or four actors that I say are my favourite on different rotations, depending what the weather's like, what day it is. But Brendan Gleeson, Anthony Hopkins, Brendan Gleeson might well, Brendan Gleeson might well be my favourite actor to watch of all time. He is just, if you, you haven't seen is? The Guard, oh my God, who? Mr. Sidney Poitier. <laughs> uh, Sessions. I have to tell uh, you this, David, there's a new season of Fowder out, season four. Yep. Okay, so get into that. There's also He's a, bloody good. There's also a really good film out again on Netflix, which I've heard is is very funny and some good reviews. Bank of Dave. Oh, well I mm. see I read a review on it thinking what am I gonna watch last week? And it said that it's basically it's perfectly good, but there's no real surprises in it. It's just kind of it is just a TV programme and mm. it's fine, worth watching, but apparently apparently it's good and I am on Halfway through episode two of The Last of Us. Oh, episode two's out, yeah. But we've got we've got a Happy Valley to watch as well now. I guess episode three of Happy Valley's out as well. Yeah, I'm going to start that this week. The best thing is because um, um, I might have mentioned I'm divorced. We don't have like strict custody stuff or anything like that. We sort of go with the flow. But I tend to have them on school nights because I work at weekends. And the night, the nights I have them tend to be school nights. So when I get a weekend day off, like I did on yesterday, Sunday, so I'd early kick off at Saints, and then I'm back for tea time Saturday, and you know, home Sunday. 
I'll just, you know, I'll I'll grab the kids on the way through and they'll spend those weekend days with me, which is lovely because they're the best days and school nights are crap ones because you're just in a rush the whole time. Um, and they were here and because we spent all of Saturday night and all of yesterday chilling together, hanging out and all that stuff, that means that tonight when they come, when I pick them up from school at half five today, they finish at half bloody five. When I pick them up at half five after sports, um, I can give them some dinner and I'm, I feel perfectly comfortable saying you can go upstairs to watch TV so that we can watch Happy Valley. Mm. I'm perfectly okay with that. Oh, it's bad parenting. No, nah, mate, I've got my credit in the bank for this week. I can watch telly. Do you not see them at half terms then? School oh, yeah, yeah. Holidays. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm talking about during school, school times. Oh, during okay. school times. Um, I know no, we do. Until we've done, Pull we've booked the holiday. Put in my third leg. We've booked the holiday, Tom. Mm. I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at booking holidays. I've always been bad at it. Um, but we booked to go to Cape Town in April. Oh, yeah. nice. We're going to bloody Cape Town, boy. All five of you? Um, all five of us, yeah. Um, having said, I'll never go, I'll never travel long distance again with a baby. Mm. We're going to Cape Town. Yeah, but that's the thing. You, you forget about it. It's like, it's like when you go on a golfing trip. Well, for me, it is like once a year. And you go to like Spain or Portugal and you, like on the plane on the way back, you're like, that's it, mate. I'm done. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. No, like like going to Hong Kong for the sevens. No. Yeah. No, can't do it. Can't do it anymore. I'm getting a bit too old for this. And then, you know, two or three weeks later, you start to feel all right again. And yeah. And then like a month later, you're already planning your next trip. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Well, well done. Well done. And it's loads of doing Cape Town. It's a beautiful place. What are you going to do? Don't know. Um, Got to take him to we'll Robin Island. And I was, you? Got to show him a bit of history. I was with uh, Doc yesterday on Saturday as well, Jamie Roberts, oh, and yeah. he is just—he obviously lived there for a bit, mm. and he's just back from a week there on holiday. And he—I mean—he gave me like five or six top tips, which we will basically pretty much everything he suggested we will do because they all—it's what some of the stuff had been suggested before. And he's like, "Mate, don't bother doing that. Don't bother doing that. If you want to go for a big." Like steak dinner with my kids love steak. They're like me. If you want to go for the best steak, book yeah. here. But you've got a book in the next couple of weeks, or you won't get a table. Um, so all these and there's beaches with penguins on and all that sort of stuff and whatever the weather. So shark diving, th- maybe uh, shark diving with the children. Yeah, use them as bait. Um, so that that'll be great, Tom. That'd be great. But then I'm thinking about um, we always go to Devon every summer, as you know. And I'm thinking about maybe mixing it up and just doing a week somewhere in Europe. Oh, David. During the summer for some like, guaranteed weather. I feel weather. like this is, a, this is a turning point in your life. I know. I feel like you grow, you've grown up a bit now. And you're I know. I might not do it. <laughs> I might not do it. But, yeah, put a £100 deposit down. I might not do it. But then, yeah, I just... I really want... Do you know what? Jack Knoll went somewhere like last summer or something or whenever it was, a couple of summers ago... And he posted it on Instagram in Greece. And I actually, I wouldn't normally, but I said, mate, where is that? Mm. That looks wicked. And I've saved it. And I think, I've forgotten what it's called, Ikos or something like that. But I'm thinking, I want to go there. I want to go where he went. Because mm. um, it just looked ace. And what you got to do, it was mate? great with kids and stuff. Yeah, you've got to find places that are great for kids. Because yeah. then they're occupied for a lot of the time. And, you know, they're not doing your head in trying to do stuff and then everyone can relax because yeah it is about the kids but it's also about you as well switching off you know being able yeah. to read for an hour and not worry yeah you know, so. also because we got the toddler mm. but my older girls is it santorini like, in greece i don't know where it was i've oh. forgotten but it the girl, older girls just look after her all day like we don't ask them to do anything they mm. just they want to be with her all day so it's like it's just genius if we said you know you've got a you got to, you've, kids don't want to go in the pool without you. It's like, Daddy, we come in the pool. It's like, I like pools, but I'm like, mate, please. I, my fingers fingers are shriveling up here. Can I just have half an hour outside the pool? Daddy, please, Daddy, please, which is fine. So you've got to go in. Mm. But when there's a baby there, you put a little float jacket on and the kids just want to be in there with the baby. Happy days. Good for your feet though, wouldn't it? Imagine yeah. all the dead skin coming off your feet in the pool. No, amazing. My feet now will be better than your feet. I take better care of my feet than you ever do. My feet now are lovely. I've not Yours. got any issues with my feet. And I see your feet you. are fine. My feet are immaculate and taken care of by a professional. Mate, you're going to JCB to get your feet done. 
Well, since Clifton Zoo shut down, it's a bloody nightmare. Got to go to the vets. <laughs> Travis Perkins. Yeah, what we'll down the vets, mate. Yeah, I had, um, while you had it. I had to. <laughs> I had to I had to get my. I tried to. This is this is horrible. This people are going to hate this, but dogs' claws grow really long, and like a year or something ago, I was like, I need to pop him to the vets to get his get his um, claws clipped. Mm. So it goes for lots of walks on pavements and grass, but that's meant to keep him short enough. But they his grow really quickly. So, and it was like went in, and it was like, yeah, it's fine. We're you're in there for two and a half minutes, and it's like, yeah, that's twenty four quid, please. Well, you're like to get his nails cut, it's 24 quid. So, and the guy said to me, mate, just go online and get some dog nail clippers. Like they're 10 quid and you never have to come back. Clip one nail. And it it wasn't bad. The dog didn't flinch. He was fine. But there was a little bit of blood on the end. Like I've gone oh, a bit too high. Yeah. And I didn't take much off. He was fine. Like he, he didn't, he genuinely didn't flinch. And I was like, I haven't hurt him. But I was like, I'm never doing that again in case I do it. So I went back the other week. Well, I went back before Christmas. And it's like, yeah, pop in and out, 18 quid. So it's gone down. 18 quid for three minutes. Like, that is annoying. And I've got to go back again. You want to be careful, mate. Otherwise, he'll run off again. He didn't run off. He got nicked. That's what I meant. Um. He ran off. But also, he, he gets itchy paws, right? <clears throat> so a couple of months ago, I took him to the vet. And they said, yeah, we give him this jab. And it should start to work in the next three to four weeks. And you come back in four weeks and we give him another jab. I'm like, right, okay. So he gets the jab, boop, boop, in and out. You're in there a couple of minutes. Lovely. So you pay for the jab. This little amp of stuff goes in him. That'll help his pause. So you get to the front and they, and I probably told you, I cancelled his insurance a couple of years ago, a few years ago, because it was like so extortionate you couldn't believe it. It wasn't a long way off 100 quid a month to insure this yeah. dog who's had basically bugger all wrong with him. So mm. you do that. I know he had one op because he chewed and swallowed a dustbin, dustpan handle. Anyway, hundred and it was like £147 for this jab. I'm not taking the piss. 147 quid or 157 quid, one of the two. Come back in four weeks. I'm like, obviously, that's tied in. Get the jab in four weeks. Yeah, it's £147, please. And you come back in four weeks. I was like, hang on a minute. Is this monthly? And they're like, yeah, I do it every four weeks. I'm like, right, this is insane. This is completely insane. No one should have to pay this to stop their dog's paws itching. I don't know what's going on. And the lady at reception was like, you don't need to have it every month. Just if he starts itching his paws again, let us know. And we've got all these baths you can use. We've got foams you can use, that sort of stuff. You do not need to pay this money. I'm like, well, I've just done 300 quid in four weeks. For these bloody paws, I'm like, I, I love him, I love him, but this is ridiculous. And there's yeah, he's a woman, not worth it. He's not people in reception month, are like, is it, this is crazy. I can't. And woman was laughing. She's like, how much? I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Mm. I mean, I'm still ahead because I've saved thousands on insurance. But it's like, basically, don't get dogs. You want to get mutts. If you're going to get dogs, you want to get crossbreeds, mate. My old boy Gus was eight quid a month to insure, mm. and he's a crossbreed. And the other one is like, it started off at 64 and went up to 77 and then 97 a month. And you're like, this is ridiculous. So can it? Yeah. No, I'm not Pay for Sky it. Sports instead. <laughs> BT's gone up. Yeah, for that. I know. I know. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, do you want to hear about my weekend? Well, well, look, mm. I want to ask you about your weekend, but I want to just let you know mm. that Nicky Robinson... Welsh legend, his words, not mine. Nicky Robinson sent me a picture of you lying down across three seats on a budget airline flight, fast asleep, looking broken with a high-vis jacket on. <laughs> Talk to me. What happened? Uh, yeah, it was the flight back from Breve. Uh, we <laughs> took 60 people over to watch Cardiff versus Breve, and that was... A byproduct of 36 hours. I'd put my coat over my face because I hate sleeping um, when people can see you because you're at your most vulnerable. And I'm worried about testicles being put on my shoulder um, and I just don't want people to see my face. So luckily I found three seats at the back. I lied down, put my coat over my face and had about an hour and a half Um Sort of, I wouldn't call it sleep. I'd more, I'd call it like dozing in and out of consciousness. And I woke up, and my laces had been tied to the armrest of the chair. I had 
can of Coke that was um, threaded through my legs. They were all done up together, and I was, I was in a pickle. I was in a pickle. <laughs> it took me ages, and they're proper tight knots as well. You know the ones you can't even Ooh. use your nails. You need like a, yep. a skewer. You want to get your teeth on them, but you can't get down there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and there's a couple of photos of the boys floating around. There's one of Bubs, there's one of Budgie um, asleep. And I'm just so glad I had my coat over my face because I'm probably not that I'm probably not the prettiest when I sleep. And those two, wow, that is it's hanging. Absolutely disgusting photos of them both. Chins everywhere. Um, jowls just popping out left, right, and center. So I did the right thing. Uh, but it was a good trip, Dave. It was a good trip. We we took off on Friday. Um, we traveled on the same plane as the team, which was which was good. Uh, is it good? Or yeah, is it, it is awful? Good. No, it's good because you get decent flight times, Dave, and you can fly out of Cardiff because they chartered a plane. So you don't have to travel to Bristol and... But it's not awkward? No, they're at the front, we're at the back. Okay. They want to be part of our gang. We don't want to be part of their gang, really. They're probably yeah, looking and thinking, oh, look at them. Look how much fun they're going to have. We've got to play a game. I'm going to, I'm going to do that when I retire. They and don't know the work involved, do they, cold. Tom? Yeah. So, no, it was good, Dave. Very good. Um, everyone just about behaved themselves well. That's some good feedback. The game wasn't the greatest. Cardiff lost to Breathe, which means they get a semi final, uh, which they get a knockout game against Sale at home. But they would have had two, and they possibly wouldn't have got Sale had they won. So it wasn't the greatest of games, but it didn't matter because we had 36 hours in Breathe. Um, and the only issue really was um, Pete Leckie got stopped at airport security on the way home for having about a thousand sachets of mustard in his bag and a big bottle of ketchup because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take his rucksack off the whole weekend even when you could leave it on the bus or leave it behind reception he carried it uh, because he he wanted to that, that was his that was his niche and all he had in there for one night stay was a <laughs> pair of pants and some socks that was it and he walked oh, around like it was a parachute uh, it was Reese Harrington's birthday from Dragon Signs on Saturday, so we had a couple of bottles of champagne at breakfast to celebrate that. Oh, for God's and sake! Then, and then we just we just cracked on from there. Uh, oh, there was a couple gross. of boys that really like really thought about the trip as well. Like you're talking Ben Morris from Heineken and Dean Jones Root Media, right? They bought lounging yeah. gear. We're only there for one day. Flew Friday back Saturday night. They bought lounging gear for breakfast. They come down in like hoodies and. Um, cotton shorts, flip-flops, down for breakfast. I got out of bed. I didn't even shower. I just put my clothes on for the day. That was me yeah. done. But they, yeah. they thought, they, Dean Jones bought two pairs of gloves. But you want those You want those essential oils on your natural oils to uh, lubricate your body for the day, don't ah, you? Like, wash them off. Yeah, like, you know, if I had hair, it'd be dreadlocks, wouldn't it? It just would have curled into, yeah. into one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, who brings two pairs of gloves, mate, on a on a one-day trip? We you no one. for one night. Well, Jim Carrey. No. No one else. Dean Hugo Boss Jones does. Put, as soon as he got off the plane, he put a pair of sunglasses on. It was snowy. Yeah. Um, and put some Hugo Boss gloves on. And then the next day, I noticed he had Victor Matfield's leather gloves on because they were too big for him. <laughs> right? So whenever his hands were down by his side, I'd sneak up behind him, grab the fingertip of the glove and whip it off and then throw it. <laughs> Do you have Michael Jordan's gloves on? <laughs> they were so big. <laughs> But anyway, David, we all got back um, safe and sound. And the kickoff was brought forward because right. they were worried that the pitch would freeze over. It was meant to be a nine o'clock kickoff. In worried that you lads would all be twatted by the time it got there. Do you know what, though? It was 4.15 kickoff. And as we got on the bus or the plane at nine o'clock at night, I looked at my watch and thought, do you know what? We'd just be kicking off now. And I don't think I don't think we could have done it. I think we would have had to open up the bus for people just to sleep on while the game was on. So, yeah, I mean, first time I've been a brief. It was nice. Nice old town, market town. Um, yeah. And I'm not too sure of the crepes, though. Budgie asked me Were if we? I wanted a crepe. He, you got the he runs, said, did you? He said, I'm gonna, he said, no, I just, he said, do, do you want, want a crepe? I said, yeah, look, I've not had lunch. It's three o'clock. I'd love one, mate, please. So he went off to get one. I thought, ah, oh, do you know what? It might be Nutella, banana. I said, look, if I'm really unlucky, it'll be like ham and cheese, and, and that still will go down all right. 
savoury crepes. They can work. But he bought me back a spag bol crepe. Like, you have spaghetti bolognese in a crepe. No one's ever had that nope. before. No. Nope. Ridiculous. So what was the other option, mate? Like a roast dinner? <laughs> crepe. <laughs> Cornish pasty crepe, was it? <laughs> roast dinner. <laughs> but he panicked. He didn't know what he was doing. Bacon He's, sandwich crepe. He said there's a massive queue behind him and they were speaking French to him and he just said, yeah, yeah, fine. We, we, we. Anyway, David. Um, on, he was panicking. We're back and that's obviously why I'm a little bit hoarse today. It's Monday morning. Uh, I've been to the gym now and I've done a bit of a a bit of weights, a cycle, and a steam room. Just trying to get it out of the system. Well done, boy. Mm. Well done, boy. Yeah, I've, I've been to the gym today. I wasn't going to mention it, but I have. I've not watched much rugby. Don't even ask me what happened in the Cardiff game. There's but a great 50-22. That's all I know. That's that's true. It's a great 50-22. Um, but let, we don't we don't need to go over the top on rugby on this pod. Oh, um, I'm, I'm also a little bit hoarse today, Tom. Thank God. Oh, bottle of wine last night. Oh. Magnum, Magni, multiple Magni. Um, basically, because it was, I'm so pleased you were in Breve and pissed and working, which is, you shouldn't go together, but it does. Um, because it means that you forgot it was my birthday and didn't post horrendous pictures of me like you do for everyone else all the time. And I just waited all day. It's my birthday on Saturday, and I just waited all day for a horrible post from you to appear. And it didn't. So you can't do it now because the, the day's gone. Yeah. And I don't care about birthdays anyway, but you tend to ruin them with those pictures. And um I did text you yesterday though, didn't I? You did, boy. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, which is which is much appreciated. Um, so, um, yeah, had uh, just had a couple of a couple of mates. It was Sunday night. So I had a couple of mates over last night for dinner, uh, usual crew. And um, it was Sunday night, so no one's going mad, but you still... It's funny, it's like, you know, you there's there's a designated driver in each group and someone and the lads are having a drink or, you know, so and so's wife's having a drink and he's driving or whatever. So you think we're not I'll open one bottle of wine and but you do end up getting through four bottles of wine and a few beers and you, you kind of just get over the course of the night. And I woke up this morning feeling crap, the baby woke us up and I was just like I've been to the gym and I was like, Oh god, how much I don't didn't drink that much last night. Um but you've got half the people there didn't have a single drink. So you're like, how did we do that? Um, but it was good. And I tell you what, never mind never mind the people and the birthday and stuff. Who cares about that? I cooked a, um, I cooked a goat shoulder. Mm. Ex-dairy goat from a company called Cabrito, which I think is goat in... I'll look at it in a minute. Different mm. language. Um, and... I've I've got some I've had some goat meat before I've bought some goat meat before from Cabrito but then they did a while well, they had like an offer on a ex dairy goat um, shoulder and it's like high end gears you know so this guy is uh, used to work at River Cottage and he's a super chef and all that but now he does this goat meat business and we don't eat enough goat right and everyone says oh I love goat curry it's all anyone thinks about when they think of goat but I had this and I said right I'm going to cook that and if it goes wrong it goes wrong it was bloody it was bloody lovely to the point where I, think I of, will cook goat again as soon as I can. When I think of goat, I think of like Middle East farmer walking through the desert with a pack of goats. I'm talking about when people think about eating goat. All right. Um, I did it. You'd basically do it for a couple of hours with wrapped in foil. And I did this lovely Greek. Uh, it's called Kleftico. I did this lovely Greek marinade. And... That was a piece of cake in the old Nutribullet. You just whack that up and rub it on, yeah. and then, um, which was great. And then you put a load of potatoes underneath it. You peel them half a load of potatoes, and you end up with roasted potatoes roasted mm. in the goat fat. It was, it was frigging fantastic. It was absolutely lovely. I was feeling a bit down last night, and Joe, one of the best things to pick me up is ordering from Field and Flower. Oh. So I went for it. I went to town. It is funny how that is a genuine pick-me-up. It's retail yep. therapy, but it's a different sort, isn't it? I'm the same. Yep. Bought a load of chicken. Bought scotch egg, which are delicious there. Uh, mm. Bought the bought half a duck and pancakes. Oh. Uh, goes down straight. I bought pie. Got, got one of those in the freezer. Um, oh. A rib of beef. Oh. Just just everything, mate. Oh, like, Tom. And I can't wait for it to be delivered on Friday. And it's going to make me oh, feel Tom. a lot better. Yeah. I love cooking. I love me. 
and Field of Flowers. Pretty good if you want that, guys. All right. So yeah, and people obviously this is the all pretty much the Field and Flower podcast. Someone called it the Field and Flower podcast a while ago to me, not as an insult, but then it's like they don't actually sponsor our podcast. It's just I know James and James Field and Flower, James Mansfield and James Flower. I know those guys because uh, Mansfield used to live in Bath. He lived about three minutes from me for years, and he's moved out now. But it was like, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, it mm. just started off with. You should try, you know, I was buying it anyway. And then it was like, actually sort of got to know them and whatever. But it is just like, it is, I, when that box arrives, mm-hmm. ooh. It's like an I Apple iPhone it. or an iPad. It's just, yeah, you get that excited opening it. Well, just I do anyway. Not a thousand pounds. I keep, I keep thinking to myself, I've had my iPhone for years, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I've had it for years and it works absolutely fine. There's no problems with it. I feel like I should upgrade it because it's new. And I've got a mate who works for a company called Grapevine, who a comms company, telecoms company. And I say to him about once every six months, mate, do I need a new phone? He's like, don't bother. Don't waste your money. Don't bother. When your phone dies or you smash it or it gets nicked, get a new phone. Do not bother buying a new phone. You're wasting your money. And that's coming from a guy who's got a Nokia 3210. That's coming from a guy who will make money off me buying a phone from him. Mm. And he's like, mate, don't bother. Still has Samba as a ringtone or the entertainer. (laughs) (laughs) Still playing Snake. (laughs) Um, uh, so the goat, the goat shoulder boy yeah. was, it was a real success. Um, and my mate Dunks, um, for my 40th, three years ago, um, got oh, me this amazing, that. amazing bottle of wine. And, um, I said, right, I'm not going to drink that. I'm going to drink that when I have dinner with you. And then COVID lockdown, everything came. And this is the first time he's been around for dinner in three years. Oh, so. Mate, my phone's just going off now, right? And... It's on silent, obviously, that's why we can't hear it, but Powell, texting me. Andy Powell. Oh, no. He's, um, morning, mate, all ready for Wednesday, having a few scoops, doing a Q&A with him <laughs> in, the, in the city arms on Wednesday night. Oh. I said, no, I'm not. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he wants to go mad on a Wednesday night in Cardiff. Oh, and, no. oh what would I say then? Um... So no, like, I'm, I'm having two weeks off it now. I've had, uh, I've just been to breathe uh, for the weekend. He goes, ah, oh, all right. I've been really good. Only three pints every night. <laughs> he's obviously joking, but he's he's yeah. mad keen for a few on Wednesday. We're doing something for Marston's Brewer at the City Arms to do a Q and A, um, and I am just not keen at all. Not keen for any of that at all. I'm gonna have a couple of weeks off it. And then we've got Wales Island um, on the 4th of Feb, which will be great. And then I've got the darts in Cardiff on the 9th. They're my next two. Otherwise, I'm going on a, a health kick. I'm I'm trying to get down to 16 stone, which is doable. It's a, it's, oh it's a doable achievement. Oh, God. Or goal, whatever you want to call it. I don't even, I don't know what's coming out of my mouth today, mate. Oh, God. Mm. Well, do you remember when we went to Leeds to work and then we thought we'll have a pint afterwards <laughs> and we got absolutely battered all night and then had the longest day ever the next day? We've probably done the best video we've ever done together. And we were both battered. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. It was it was pre-England v. Wales, wasn't it? Twicken oh, and TV. And we're talking about old games. Oh. And I got, a vi- I got a great video of you from the other side of this warehouse we're at yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Zombied. And your head's down. You're looking through your phone. I think you're looking at cars to try and cheer yourself up. Yeah. And you look up and your eyes, mate, they don't lie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Terrible. They were were Um, screaming, help me. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I watched... Um Liam Smith against uh, yep, so Chris Eubank Jr. on um, Saturday night. So did um, I. And who did you want to win and what did you think of it? Wasn't too bothered um, who won. I don't follow boxing as much as you. I, I watch all the big fights, but I don't watch a lot of the other fights, basically. Um, I know I, I don't either anymore. Okay. I only watch, I very occasionally, I watch one or two a year. And I've got, I'm not invested in either of them. And, I don't follow it enough to, to know more. So I didn't really care who won. I knew it would be a big fight, and that's why I bought it and wanted to watch it. Um, and, wow, Liam Smith. All I mean, I, I watch fights like that, and I'm just looking around to see who I can see in the audience. I saw Johnny Bairstow and Jamie Carragher. Yeah, front row. But, I mean, I liked it. I preferred it to... Um, who fought recently? Um, Tyson Fury and who did he beat his mate? Who was his mate? Say again. Who did Tyson Fury fight the other a couple uh, of weeks ago? Uh, Big Dale Chisora. Chisora, yeah. Even though that was longer, I, I much more enjoyed this fight because it felt like a bit more of an edge to it. You know, Chisora and Tyson Fury. It, it they tried to hype it up, but it wasn't that great. You know. Yeah, this one was good. This one has a bit of niggle. Even when he knocked him out, he was still looking at him, and he still he was like, "I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go again." You could you could tell that there was niggle to it, and I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, even though it was what fourth round stoppage. Yeah, I was pleased with that though because I was falling asleep. Yes, I had a kebab in front of me. I just got back from the airport. I'd ordered in a taxi. I ordered ahead, Deliveroo, so I made sure that it arrived about ten minutes after I did. Oh. And yeah, yeah. It was good. What do you think of it? Who did you want to win and why? Um, I, I'm not... I lo- like Chris Eubank Sr. for me is just like the best value guy to watch from a distance on social media ever. Like, just wild guy. Completely off it and great value. But whenever I've... I, I dip in and dip out of watching boxing. I don't... I don't really don't watch much. But Chris Eubank Jr., I sort of... There's... I don't know, in solo sports, you have to big yourself up and I get all that stuff and there's all the stuff that goes around hyping fights. But I find him rather too self-assured, if you ask me. And um, I quite like the Smith brothers. I quite like the way they go about their business. But then Liam Smith, he he made all these, like in one of their press conferences or something, like terrible chat about, you know, uh, Chris Eubank. He's never seen you with a girl, never seen you with a woman, mate. Is there someone you want to tell us? And he signed... He kept digging and digging, making out that Chris Eubank Jr. might be gay. And it was just like, mate, no one cares if he's gay. Like, why are you going? Someone you want to tell us, mate. Someone you want to tell us. Never seen you with a woman, mate. No one I know has ever seen you with a woman. Someone you want to tell us. And I was just like, oh, mate, that's grotty chat. Bore off, mate. No one cares. And that was like, I was gutted about that because I really wanted him to win. And I thought he probably won't, but he did with a great shot and all that. But. Yeah, and I've also got I've got a mate who does work with various boxers, and he, you know, he's not massively complimentary about working with your man Eubank Junior. So this is a bit like when I said I've got a mate that does some stuff with Jeremy Clarkson, and he doesn't. The reports aren't great. It's not that much information for people, but it's like when you've got someone you know well, pretty well, and you trust their opinion, and they say, "What a mouth, isn't it?" This guy's this guy is a piece of work. It makes you quite want him not to win. But then Smith did that in the press conference and I was just like, oh, mate, come on. But overall, before that, I wanted Smith to win. Going into the fight, having seen that, I wasn't too bothered. But I'm just glad it ended early because I wanted to go to bed. 
There could be a clause where there's a rematch with a second fight, or it could be Eubank v. Ben, which will generate a lot, a lot of interest. Oh. Try to have it before, didn't we? But as soon as Conor yeah. Ben gets over the the two drug tests he failed and, and where it goes with that, whether um, the results of that and if he can fight again and when he can fight again. But yeah, I don't think it's the end for Chris Eubank Jr. Um, but I don't think a lot of people who know a lot about, who know about boxing a lot about it, expected him to be stopped. I think they were tipping no. him to be the winner, if anything. But yeah. I don't know, the ring walks are brilliant. I really enjoyed them. Uh, the hype before it was was excellent as well. I, even though it was four rounds, mate, I thought it was a really enjoyable fight. Yeah, not not just because I was tired like you, but it's just there, there was something on it which was a bit more than just a fight. There's a lot fights of emotion like, tied to it. If it's an absolute tear up that goes the distance, mm. then fine. But if it's kind of hardly any big shots, yep. everyone a bit cagey and it's 12 rounds and they go for it a bit in the last 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, I'm not that interested in that. Because it looked like Eubank Jr. was winning on the scorecard first two rounds, maybe the third. And then so it was like nine power punches from Smith. And they were yep. brilliant ones as well. Proper rockers. Yep. But, but Eubank Jr. has got the rematch clause, hasn't he? Yeah. So yep. you'd imagine so he'll try and... He'll be with that. the lawyers now. But yeah, yep. I'm sure it, it, he had a massive swollen eye. The end of it. So God, that proper, was horrible. Proper big shots. Have you seen? Have you seen online? Yeah. You yeah. know, there's a slapping competition, mate. That is. I mean, we talk. We're talking up boxing here, and you sort of feel like you can get into trouble for that now for talking up boxing. But boxing, like genuinely, I do like the big fights, but it genuinely makes me a bit uncomfortable now. I'm just like, nah, I don't want to watch the mid, the middle to lower range boxers that real boxing keynotes would watch. I look at that and think you are getting your brain smashed, you're getting the head smashed in every day or week after week, year after year, and you ain't even getting the big dollar. Like, it's almost like you'd know by now if you were going to be a world champ and make millions, and if you're not, stop, mate. Mm. That's kind of a simplistic way of looking at it. But then you watch this slapping competition, and I'm like, this is moronic. It's absolutely moronic. It's so stupid. Like, ridiculous. What do you think? Yeah. I agree with you. Here's something for you, Flats. What do you think about the new laws that oh, um, are oh, being trial trialed of oh, God. tackling under waist oh, height? Well, I went the other day. I got it came out, and then I got a, a text from um, someone at Radio Four to see if I wanted would go on the Today program uh, to talk about it. And I said, yeah, sure. Like, what time? Half seven in the morning. I said, that's fine, because I'm actually in a hotel working. I'll, I'll be awake by then. So that's fine. And I ended up, I think I was on for two and a half minutes, mm. maybe less, um, which isn't pointless, but it's kind of pointless because it's such a big subject. Um, but they've got their schedules. And then someone else called me and said, would you like to be on Five Live Sunday morning? And I said, do you know what? To talk, do you know what? I don't really. I'm having breakfast with my kids. We're having pancakes. So I'm out, thanks. You go on and give an opinion and you'll get someone calling you a twat online and it's like, I don't really need that. So no, I'm all right, thanks. But everyone, everyone's gone, no, lots of people have gone mad about it. Um, and in short, as short as I can, my views on it are that it's important to remember that Twitter is not the real world. So just because some people on Twitter are going mad about it doesn't mean everybody, and I nearly said everybody, just doesn't mean everybody's going mad about it. Everyone's allowed to think what they want and say what they want. Of course they are. But in my opinion, declaring this to be the death of rugby union as we know it is as, uh, I'm not going to say ridiculous, is as futile as someone declaring that this trial will definitely, definitely work. So if anyone's talking about what this is going to do to rugby with any real certainty, they are they are guessing. So what they're doing is they're, you, they're presenting a guess as fact, which is very Twitter, but they're presenting an absolute guess as fact. Now, Ollie Hoskins, the London Irish prop, the Aussie, um, he tweeted something really interesting saying he was part of the trial in the championship in the champs and it got binned because it wasn't working. Yeah, 2019. And I, yeah, and then I think to myself, 
as a player, I I didn't want to go anywhere near kneecaps of charging players, that sort of stuff, because you feel like you're going to get knocked out, right? So there's all this stuff. Um, my my gut feeling is that eventually it will become, it won't become waist and below. It will become, I don't know, like chest armpit, and below. Or, armpit. Yeah, something, it, it, it will rise, but they're mm. trying to, they're trying to do something. Firstly, I think, um, look, this is a big subject. So if you wanted a 20 second answer, you weren't going to get one, but I will wrap up in a sec. I think it is, it has to be viewed as positive that a leading international governing body is trying to take major steps to improve safety. I think their comms around it have been so poor in that they kind of drop this bomb and then no one's heard from them. It's like, no, no, you, you've got to be available for conversation. You've got to be available to allay fears and you've got to reference things like this French study that is data database based on research. Show it to us then, show us. And we want to see it. We want to see that in your opening press release. We want to hear you talk about it. We want to hear you tell us that the French referees have been fine and the French have kind of received it fine. And actually, what you're not going to do, people say, how are you going to offend a pick and go? They're, they're not, it's, there's just no way that you're not going to be able to tackle above, effectively, upper thigh height on a pick and go, or you will concede tries at will. So there is going to be empathy. There is going to be common sense. There has to be. Or refereeing and rugby becomes impossible and it dies overnight. There has to be that. But I think this is a movement to change the overall behaviour, the culture of rugby union. And it's worth it. First of all, it might work. It might not. If it doesn't, like my dad said once, I was umming and ahhing about buying this car years ago when I was being silly about cars. And he's like, mate, you can always sell it. And I was like, yeah, they can always just say this isn't working. We're going to stop and let you know when we think of something else. But they try something. What? The worst case scenario is this isn't working, we're going to stop. But then you, I think, sort of let it play out. But they need to be part of the conversation because everyone's just going mad because they haven't heard anything else since. They're making all these presumptions. It, you know, it would be wild for them to not allow players to defend pick and goes. Like, it's just not possible. It, the game dies. So that wouldn't happen. I'm sure it wouldn't happen. Um, it will evolve. I think it will evolve. And yeah. They'll get some empathy in the game where certain tackles will be allowed um, that might be above waist height, like when you're picking a goer, okay? I think they're being proactive in the way that they're, they're tackling this. Um, excuse the pun, but... Excuse you know, the pun. They are looking at it, you know, so it might be it might be something that works or it might be something that, right, we've crossed that off, right, next. What, what else can we do to make the game safer? So they're taking the right steps to make it safer. They're taking... The collisions that the ball carrier, um, the head contact that the ball carrier has out of the game, and that will be lowered. What they're doing, though, that we're going to have more data now on what the tackler and the concussions you get from tacklers now that are going to go a lot lower. And that was one of the reasons why it was pulled in 2019, because the increase there was a decrease in concussions from the ball carrier because there was less head-on-head -head contact or less shoulder-on-head contact, but it was. The ta it was the the tacklers now that were going low with the concussion issues. So, tackle technique is is now more important than I think anything. Like to to be able to pick the right tackle to use. The problem that I think they're going to have is not everyone runs around on their haunches, you know. So you have I to do. stay upright. <laughs> That's just because you're under six foot. Yeah. No, just over but you have to um you have to be able to adjust like a ball carrier does. You know when when they're stepping, you know. Flip that around. The fender has to be the same. You know, they have to adjust and change direction. So it is going to be difficult. But I think we might get to the stage where, you know, an open play, it has to be below the waist. But then there will be some sympathy, empathy from referees to allow certain tackles in certain situations. And I think you'll end up finding a, a tackle that suits in different situations. Like, like everything that comes in initially. Like red cards for... Um, going high on people do you remember years and a couple of years ago now the needle like, swung right round didn't yeah, it yeah Danny Cipriani was moving backwards and you know there was a, yeah. a red card for him N now there's uh, mitigating factors which I think you'll see um, in this new tackle hype mm. I saw it with red cards for players jumping in the air and it's sort of leveled itself out a bit now and there's it's a lot easier for referees to make decisions whether it's a rugby collision or whether it, you know it 
player who was off the ground first and you know you have to you have to accept that players are going to jump for the ball in the air when the ball's um, kicked high off the boot and the tip tackle as well so I think bear with it I think you're gonna we're gonna need a little bit more time to it to do it but the biggest thing is the governing bodies are really trying to make rugby as safe as possible because it's got a lot of bad PR at the moment and you get a lot of worried parents that might not want their kids to be able to do rugby and ultimately it's it's down to the parents allowing kids to do rugby to get participation to get um to get kids involved in rugby because I'll tell you now some of the some of the press coming out about rugby and collisions and and um the damage that it's causing your brain isn't great with parents, and there'd be a lot of parents that would be thinking twice about letting their kids play rugby. So I think it's I think it's a positive step, but it will take a little bit of time. And I I think you're right. I think rugby's PR in terms of in safety terms has never been worse. Its image has never been worse. So a couple of things. I think it's also really interesting to note that they're going to consider the ball carriers' actions as well. You've been saying that for a long time that why is it only the tackler who's scrutinised the carrier needs to be scrutinised too so that's really important but then some people someone said I don't know who it was said you know um, that means ball carriers are never going to be able to dip into contact ever again of course it doesn't it would be wild if it meant that everybody has to run bolt upright at all times of course it doesn't mean that so it, it to suggest that is kind of it's sensationalist if it does turn out that everyone is ordered to carry bolt upright, you're knack- it would never, ever work. So it wouldn't no. happen. I also think that, do you know, like, we know that there's a good chance this will lead to more offloads. And Ben Kay made a really good point to me the other day. He said he, he thought it might, it might eventually lead to fewer rucks, which is actually great because the ball's up and moving. People get cleared out and hurt at rucks. So there might be fewer rucks as a result. And it was, that was his thinking... Not mine. It's a very good point. But I don't want to claim it. Yes, there's all that. So there could be knock-on benefits. There could be knock-on. Um, there, there, you know, could be negative impacts knock-on as well. Of course, with kneecaps and hips around heads and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but in terms of the spectacle, that I was chatting with um, whoever it was the other day, and do you know, like the Women's World Cup that uh, I and a few we we all covered uh, the other the other month, um, October November. You you got some games which are really tight. You had a few really good games that were tight, and which were great. And you had a couple of fifty nils and seventy nils and sixty nils. And to us lot in the game, we know that isn't a great game. There's good stuff to talk about, but we know that is not a great contest because it's a thrashing. But think back to last two Novembers ago when England beat USA. Was it eighty nine nil or something at six ways? England women. The crowd are going wild now. My kids. My kids much prefer watching that than they do a 17-15 battle, right? Us Kinos prefer the 17-15 battle, but more tries, more offloads, more. it actually appeals to a lot of the younger generation because there's more cheering. There's more stuff to cheer. Like it's not an arm wrestle. Like it's seven, like sevens. Yeah, exactly. Then there's, you know, anecdotally, I was speaking to a friend of mine who is um, uh, not Danny Grucock, but a friend of mine who's a director of sport at a, a a reasonably big school and he was he's this is this is apropos of nothing this is 18 months ago or a year ago we're chatting on a sideline somewhere and he said I've been doing this job for 30 years I have never seen more kids getting knocked out than they are now we have got kids getting totaled all the time and we've got kids sitting out whole seasons a mate of ours kid has been knocked out two or three times last season he's 12 right so we I we he made he made the comment um you know, in the old days we called them naughty kids, and now they're given a now they're given a label. And I was like, "Were these knockouts always happening?" And he said, "No, they weren't." But the kids see pros doing it and want to mimic it. So here's another point he made: was that his young rugby players don't watch that much rugby. The teenagers don't; they're often playing when it's on, but they don't watch that much. They don't sit through whole games that often because there are so many on. But what they love is highlights packages. And what the highlights packages show, they show the Marcus Smith stuff, which everyone tries to mimic because he's a genius and all that stuff. They show they don't show much goal kicking, bit boring for young kids and all that stuff. They show big hits. They want to mimic big hits. So they see them and they want to total people when they're playing. 
not necessarily high. They just want to hammer people and be the guy that does the big hit. So he's like, it's carnage. It's carnage. There are kids getting knocked out way more than they used to. We, this was never a problem. And it is now. There was always the odd kid. So that is interesting. There's no data to support that. In my, I'm just That's just a story that someone told me. Um, another thing is that, oh my God, we can't smash people at chest or shoulder level or whatever anymore. Horrendous. People, and it, you know, my point is it might turn out to be crap, and in which case they'll have to bin it. But my point is, when you and I turned pro, 98, 99, up until that point, we had only, or I had only ever been coached to tackle low. Upper body hit. When when I was play, we were playing with PNR and those guys, we were not coached to tackle high. That only happened, from my memory, when rugby league, a rugby league coach, or rugby league coaches started coming over. Defensive coaching changed around around the sort of 2000-ish era. Of course, there were tackles that were higher than waist height forever but that the coaching it was new I was already an established professional before I ever got coached to hit high and target the ball and the two-man tackles that was new right so rugby existed for all this time all of those old videos there are still high hits and there's all that stuff but rugby existed for a very long time and did perfectly well before the upper body hit and double hit was coached right so for it to reverse back isn't like, oh my God, rugby's dead. It's like, actually, you're just, what you're doing is you're trying to reverse the effects of the last, say, 20 years of coaching. Mm. That's what you're trying to do. Not everything rugby's ever been. So the bit of that, and my my last point, Tommy, will be that I do find it odd that when you talk about whether rugby players want to be or not, they're role models because they're on telly, they're up there, they're the best of the best, and they're the ones that, effectively kids and amateurs want to copy or mimic all that sort of stuff we know that so it feels odd that the pro players on telly every week are going to be allowed to behave defensively in a certain way but everyone who's watching them has to behave differently Mm. that feels weird to me and also the pros have got more time to practice it and alter those behaviors way more time they've with respect got more talent and more Genetically, they're better off, so they're probably better equipped to deal with it than any of the amateurs. That's why they're where they are, and they're the only ones who don't have to do it. So that feels a bit disjointed, and it feels like a bit of an unnecessary wedge being driven between the pro and amateur games. There you go, full stop. Okay. Every time you say, oh my God, it reminds me of a, an actor who works, who works in um, programs that should be shown after nine o'clock. Which oh, my God. oh my god um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i actually don't know what you mean that was um that was too much for me mate i don't know how i got through that on a on a sketchy monday we went deep we went deep we didn't plan to we no it wasn't on our schedule or our itinerary which we don't have no blueprints are in our head um but yeah some some serious issues with rugby union at the moment yeah. but I th- but ultimately what we're to conclude we think that it's going in the right direction. Agreed? I think, yeah, and, and it seems, it no, you feels like now. everyone you made, hates you us. You made it, you made it. What were we going to say? Yeah. It just, another, a little reminder just to remember that Twitter, outrage on Twitter doesn't mean that the real world is outraged. It's actually, you know, it. it might, there might be way more empathy than people are predicting. There might not be. But to declare you know exactly how it's going to work is unrealistic. Why wouldn't you let me, me why so. wouldn't you let me like conclude it? I just tried to conclude it. He wouldn't even wouldn't let go me on, do it. Go on. Just to conclude, we think uh, rugby is going in the right direction. <laughs> uh, you even, I think it's you worth even, a try, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the, on that, Tom. <laughs> Full stop. I thought, oh, wow, that's it. <laughs> right, David, you're going to have to help me out now. Um, yeah. We have to we have to go through some of the results now. No, we don't. No, we I don't, do. Mate. I have to, mate. I have to because... Why? Because you've done your notes, mate. No, I haven't done my notes. I you just, have. I have saw some results. I think Ospreys, Leicester. Huge, now, that huge was a wicked Ospreys. game. Now... I've seen some of the highlights of it. Jack Morgan, you're talking about a bloke now who is just on fire. 
I think he's yep. probably playing the best rugby um, out of anyone Welsh at the moment. He he will definitely be a starting player in the Six Nations. He came off the what bench position? in the autumn. I think six, mate. I think six. I think you have to play Justin Tipperick got uh, for, his, for his line out uh, as well as his all-round play. But Jack Morgan, mate, like we just we're, we're so um, we're so lucky to have so many good back rowers, Tommy sixes Raffel. or sevens. Tommy Raphael, yeah, I know. Thomas Young, who's injured. Oh. You know, th- there's just loads. There's loads. Morgan Morris, who's playing well. But look, I think that was a massive result for them. Um, what what other big results stood out for you? Because I just really wanted to shoe on that, and because people think you know I'm really Cardiff biased all the time. I'm not. I'm well you are, biased. You're so biased. And the Ospreys, mate, for a, for a team that struggled at the start of the season, they are they sometimes now that they are looking unbeatable, and a lot of that is down to players coming back from injury. But who's that? Um, players coming back from injury. Now, what like, team? What team are you talking about? Ospreys. Yeah. Um, Owen Mate, Williams. You they know, look unbeatable until you Kieran see Williams, play. Yeah, that is true. All right. But anyway, yeah. that was, uh, I'll tell you another big one was Edinburgh Saracens did not see that no. at all. Edinburgh could have, what, what are your thoughts on this? Like Edinburgh, 20 points to 14 up. There was a minute or so left on the clock. They were getting messages on that they needed to score more points because they were level points with Saracens and another team above them. And if, but they were behind on points difference. So if they'd gone for another three points or another try, they would have had a better draw in the last 16. Yep. As it happens now, they've got an away draw, um, yep. which is going to be tough. But Saracens were still within a, a scores difference. So they could have still lost the game. You know, it would take one turnover in the middle of the park when Edinburgh were going for it for Saracens to kick to the corner, more to try, win the game. So... Part of me was thinking, you know, if they're two points uh, clear or two scores clear, fine. But other part of me was thinking Saracens can still win this. So they got, but they got, yeah, they got to go to Tigers away now. Yeah. That ain't going to be easy. No. And mind you, Freddie Burns. You heard about Freddie Burns? He's agreed to leave. Yeah, they've agreed. He's left New his Zealand. contract early to go to Otago or the Highlanders. Sorry, um, that's quite interesting. Good on him. Try something different. Um, also, no, I think I yeah, I think they regret having not gone for more points. Mm. Um, Courtney Laws was pulled out of the England camp. He got injured um, in the game against La Rochelle. He limped off. I think it was a calf. Uh, it was a calf. And um, George McGuigan finally got himself in that squad. He's hurt himself, mm. knee problem. So David Ribbons comes in. He's a brilliant player for Courtney Laws. And Tom Dunn from Bath comes in for McGuigan. Uh, great news for those guys. Um but I'd be disappointed, obviously, for them. But the injured guys be disappointed not to see George McGuigan potentially getting a run out for England. So I think he's a brilliant player. Leon Brown, who's been injured for a long time, came back and how was he? Carried really well. Carried really yeah. well. I wasn't sure he wasn't in my team that I picked. That I had to do for a bit of a laugh for via play because a bit of a laugh. Wasn't sure whether so he was biased. fit or not. Was it just the Cardiff team? Was it? He's back, he's back fit and he looked good because we're short on tight heads at the moment. We've got Thomas Francis, Dylan Lewis hasn't played for a bit, but. Great to see Leon Brown back. Probably going to play this weekend. Um, not a lot of the the main squad will um, because obviously two weeks getting right for the first game of the Six Nations, which I cannot wait for. Every year, you think, will I be will I be as excited as the year before? And I do. It's, yeah, it's, it's the same all the time. There's, there's not yeah. much PR behind it. Now you start to see a little bit. You start to see the adverts, but. I am starting to get excited. I've got a, I've got a dinner which I'm gonna, a lunch which I'm gonna go to on Friday, which is celebrating oh. the greatest try, Gareth Edwards. So, I think, the lunch for that. Yeah, um, I think it's, what is it, fifty years since he scored it? Maybe seventy-three. Yep. Yeah. So yep. they're celebrating that, and everyone that was alive that was involved in the game and and the try are gonna be there. And well, David Duckham won't be there, sadly, because no, he passed. No, Phil Bennett won't be either. But yeah, Bennett will be there. There's a... Two wicked John Dawes, Obviously great players. John Dawes as well. I'm, I'm not sure mm. who else. But as much as we can, we're going to celebrate that because it's still deemed as the, the greatest try ever. The Barbars versus New Zealand and Gareth Edwards scoring in the corner. So I think there's 1,100 people going to the ICC in Newport for that. Wow. So it'll be great. It'll be a, a lot of um, rugby greats there. And You're me. drinking. And me. 
No, I'm not. I'm yeah. working the next day, oh, so. God. Oh, God. Told you I'm off it. Anyway, right. Um, anything else you want to get I'm, off? I'm gonna. I'm going to watch uh, Toulouse, Toulouse Munster this afternoon because I've had a, a coffee date called off with a mate. He's poorly. Yeah. So I'm going to watch Toulouse Munster because I got sent a couple of messages about um, John Ryan scrummaging. Apparently, okay. it was really good against uh, Cyril Bay. So I'm up for that. Well, I've got to watch the second half of Dragons versus the Lions because I've got. Um, I'm covering the Dragons next week against Glasgow. I've also got to watch the Glasgow game. I have to re-watch Cardiff Breathe because... You were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All been there. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I was just looking after were, people. I was, I was minding certain people. I was like I was like a father figure for James Beaton. Um, who was, <laughs> I was like his minder. Uh, so I've got to watch that. Look, can you conclude um, this pod, please, so yes. I don't have to feel bad about That is it, ladies and gentlemen. Word. That is it. Um, we know it's been a long one, but I think we got through a few serious subjects, um, which has just blown my mind on a Monday. But, um, stay classy and look after yourself. Do it. Go on. Say goodbye. No, you're the last. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> Bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 